0: Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans.
1: Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns, No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, and she is Tam.
0: Hey,
1: hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 Tam. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. How are you, Renee? I'm fantastic. How was your weekend? Weekend was crazy cool. I did some Hollywood stuff, hung out at the Roosevelt Hotel, which is right on Hollywood Boulevard, across from the Man Famous Chinese Theater. And for those who have only seen Los Angeles on TV, it's actually the street where they have the Walk of Fame with all the stars. Uh A friend of mine, she had a birthday shindig there, poolside. So kind of hung out there. How was your weekend? What did you do? Actually,
1: my weekend was pretty simple. I just kind of stayed around the house here. I didn't have much going on, surprisingly. I had a show on Friday night. And that was fantastic. And, you know, I tell you something about stand-up is, um and for our listeners out there who uh do know that I do stand-up and for those who don't know that I do stand-up, I do do stand-up. And the weird thing is sometimes you're just not in the mood to be funny. You know, Tim, I just like, I'm just not in the mood to be funny. It just depends on maybe just the day I'm having. It's a crappy day, which Friday was just a really crappy day I was having. I just had so many things to do. Nothing seemed to be going right. Nothing seemed to be going my way, my way. So the last thing I wanted to do was to be funny, but something about when you step on that stage, there's just a switch that just clicks and you literally just find the energy to go up and be probably more funny than you ever have before. And, uh, and that's basically what happened. It was, it was amazing because it was an amazing show. It was packed out. And, um, The energy of the crowd was just unbelievable. And then other than that, Saturday and Sunday, I really just kind of just chilled out and stayed around the house, did some laundry and uh, waited for that NASCAR race to start on Sunday.
0: Well, as you all know, we were at Richmond, short track racing. Short track. I watched the race from the beginning to the end. I stepped away. I think it was lap two because I was like, okay, the race just got underway. Let me run to the kitchen. And sure enough, I came back and said, why are we under caution? And it was because of Eric Jones. And I literally was like, what the hell happened? How do you wreck out the first two or three laps? (laughs) I mean, it was crazy to me for him to wreck out that fast. Side note, before we jump into Richmond, I want to acknowledge that this is our 40th episode. Hey. Uh,
1: 40. We have been talking
0: NASCAR. It hasn't, it's not quite a year, but this is our 40th episode. We started last year probably around the seventh or eighth race. Mm -hmm. So I guess technically we have been talking one year. Yeah, I think so. Well, thank you guys for listening to us. And hopefully you're telling a friend to listen to us as well. And I know last week I said I was going to do something special for you guys for our 40th, for our are true and tried and down with us listeners, but that's not going to happen because my schedule is a little bit crazy with Talladega coming up because I'm actually headed to Talladega and everything else. But I promise you sometime soon it is going to happen. Right on. Okay, so what do we need to talk about since, okay, well, we started talking about Richmond, so... Well, yeah,
1: let's let's just jump right on to the Richmond. Uh, Well,
0: yeah, let's jump back into Richmond. Let's
1: just jump back into Richmond.
0: we already talked about Eric Jones' crazy situation. Yeah, you know what? I
1: wonder what is the record for the fastest wreck out in a race. Is it Eric Jones? I don't know.
0: Well, he went out pretty fast. I mean, I have seen that there have been wrecks or incidents on the first lap or two, but he was completely done for the rest of the day. Yeah. I mean, like it was so bizarre. Uh, And that's why I'm asking,
1: is is that a record setting disaster or uh, I don't know?
0: Well, speaking of bizarre, and we'll just jump right to it, the Dale Jr. and Jimmy Johnson situation is bizarre. Dale was running high and Jimmy just ran higher and ran him right into the wall and he legitimately did not see him
1: no not at all I, I, and I, Dale
0: said he didn't see him either if that matters but it, that was bizarre
1: that was just totally bizarre you know these two teammates uh I think that's the the last two people that wanted to run into each other and not that they would have done that on purpose especially being teammates like that but I think it was just one of those things Tam where you just you kind of unfortunate and I mean and obviously Jimmy didn't see Dale in that Dale said he didn't really see Jimmy. So uh, it was just one of those things that it just happened. And obviously Dale Jr. got the worst end of that. Jimmy was able to stay out on the track.
0: Yeah, it ended his day. I mean, we're going to jump in to Dale. Like, I feel like we officially have added a Dale Jr. segment to the show because there's always Dale Jr. news. We're going to talk a little bit more about Dale Jr.'s bad luck later in the show because I feel like that's just going to be a whole conversation. Let's jump back into Richmond. And not that we weren't talking about Richmond, but just, you know, some other drivers and just some other weirdness. I mean, we can even talk about the commitment penalty situation. That whole being in the commitment box, and that was crazy in itself. And you had so many drivers that ended up being penalized for it. One in particular situation that I thought was going to lead more ruckus and i'm sure it eventually is but did you see when joey kind of did something and ended up boxing Kyle out which made him be outside of the commitment box
1: i didn't see that particularly but um uh, just the fact that you said joey and kyle is just i mean what, what is up with these two the, the entire year it, <laughs> somewhere at some point of a race that these guys just seem to can't get uh, out of each other's hair.
0: Well, it seems like Joey's in cow's hair. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Well, I know he better get out of that hair quick. Like, what was the commercial for Dandruff? It was one shampoo, Head and Shoulders. Head
1: and Shoulders, yeah. Yeah,
0: he well, he already hit him in the head, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <no kidding. laughs> you like that one, huh? Yeah, that was, that was really a good. great transition. <laughs> Yeah, well, he, he better be careful. I don't know. But the whole commitment penalty thing, it because I, I believe Martin Truex got one, Kyle Bush. it was just getting out of hand. And it got so out of hand that NASCAR actually had to issue a statement regarding it, which was crazy. Yeah,
1: I believe it was so. six drivers altogether. Now, four drivers in the Xfinity series the day before uh, were penalized for that commitment thing. So I think that that's why they felt like in the driver's meeting, they had to address that. But I guess- Maybe it was still kind of, com- well, obviously, it was still kind of confusing to these drivers because a total of six drivers were penalized for that commitment box. And, yeah, Clint um, Boyer
0: was penalized as Yeah, well, it sure was. Right? Because I remember there being some conversation between him and his spotter on the radio, or maybe it was the crew chief, I'm sorry, uh, in regards to that being discussed but Clint seemed to be a little bit clueless as to what was going on i mean as a fan watching it at home all i kept thinking was dang just more rules and regulations i understand that you have to have some rules and regulations you have to have speeding limits on pit road but it just was a little crazy because i believe someone also received a penalty for driving in the pit boxes too many pit boxes before exiting or something but it just seemed that this was a reoccurring theme at richmond pit box pit roll
1: commitment box Uh, yeah, box uh, yeah you know this is the frustrating thing about you know nascar it's like all these rules and regulations that change so often during the year it's like it's hard to kind of grasp everything and follow along with what's going on because then you, when you're watching it on TV, you hear, oh, so and so just got penalized for, for such and such. And you're going, "What? Well, wait a minute, what? Like, like maybe they should televise the driver's meeting so I can kind of get an idea of what, what's going
0: on. One thing is for sure, Joy followed the rules and regulations right on to the winner's circle. Yeah. So Joy won, as you guys know, really quick, our top 10. From the race. Joy Logano first. Brad Keslowski second. It was a Pinsky sweep. One, mm-hmm. two. Denny Hamlin, third. There was a lot of conversation about those Joe Gibb racers possibly coming up with the win, but they came up short. Although Hamlin did get a top five finish in third. You have Ricky Stenhouse. Boy, I'm oh, chewing grovel. I'm chewing rocks yeah i'm chewing everything because i definitely have ate my words as they say yeah and gonna, i'm
1: you're gonna go need to see the dentist pretty soon
0: <laughs> man well i did go to the dentist this week that's the funny thing and on a side note the dentist accidentally busted my lip so i have this thing on my mouth and don't even ask me that i've went to the dentist twice this week and he they did something the lip was busted the first time, then when I had to go back, they needed to grab the lip. So then they kept pinching on the part that was busted. So now it's just, ugh. but that was a whole conversation. You know, we try to let you guys into our personal life at any time. If we're TMI, let us know because <laughs> that may have been TMI, but hey, just had to share the dentist, right. bust my lip. Okay. So Ricky Sinhouse fourth, Kevin Harvick, fifth. Jamie McMurray's quietly sixth place, Hmm. and we had Ryan Newman came in seventh, Kurt Busch eighth, Eric Amarillo came in ninth, so that's pretty good for the number 43 to have a top 10 finish, and then we had Truex in tenth. Some notables that weren't in the top 10 included Jimmy Johnson, who managed to finish 11th, Daniel Suarez came in 12th. Kyle Larson, this is actually interesting to say. Kyle Larson did not come in top five. Kyle Larson came in 14th. Clint Boyer, 16th. That man, Kyle Bush, 16th. And Chase Elliott, 24th. And one other notable person out of the top 10, but I don't think he's only had one top 10 finish this whole year, was Junior. Dale Earnhardt Jr. came in 30th. And his nephew, Jeffrey Earnhardt, came in 35th. And there is a reason why I'm telling you that, but we're going to talk about that towards the end of the show. I just wanted you guys to know that Jeffrey Earnhardt came in 35th. How mm. about that? Yeah. Okay. And while we're on the topic the rundown with the standings, Larson came in 14th, but he is still holding on to the number one spot in the standings, thanks to all the stage winning he's done. Because as you know, yeah. we're running stage races and he's won a lot of stages. He's only won one race, but he's won so many stages that he's able to maintain that number one spot. Martin Truex Jr. is in second. Chase Elliott quietly is in third in the standings. How about that? Still hasn't won a race, but he's done very well with stage racing. Hmm. And with his top five, top 10 finishes, Joy Logano, he's in fourth in the standings. Brad Keslowski, and again, we talked about this last week because it's interesting that Brad Keslowski has won two races, but he's only fifth in the standings.
1: Wow. I think even if he would have won that race on Sunday, he still would not have been first, Right.
0: I don't think so, because Larson, you know, he's won so many stages. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Kevin Harvick is in sixth. Jamie McMurray, again, quietly in seventh in standings. Jimmy Johnson, Mr. Seven Time, is in eighth. You know, he's won a couple of races, so maybe this is the year he Mm -hmm. gets that eighth championship. Clint Boyer is in ninth, and Bush, quietly, is in tenth, Mm -hmm. and that's Kyle Busch. Now, what's interesting is Kurt and Ryan both have won races. But like I said last week, they're still not in the top 10 in standings. So it'll be interesting to see how this points racing and, you know, this stage racing plays out towards the end of the season. Wow. So I think it's time for us to talk about that man, Dale Jr. We alluded to talking about his bad luck at the beginning of the show. I guess let's just jump in. We didn't have an opportunity last week to talk about Dale Jr.'s retirement because we had recorded the show right before Dale Jr. announced his retirement. At this point, I think it's been 100 articles on every outlet totaling 1000 articles (laughs) written about Dale Jr. So every social media. Oh, God. I mean, I think I was being a Twitter troll on my personal account, but this guy, he had the nerves to say, dear, it was like something to the effect, dear ESPN, nobody wants to hear about Dale Jr.'s retirement. And I could not resist. I had to troll him. So I politely responded and was like, yeah, well it's ironic that nobody cares because it's one of the top 10 trending topics worldwide on twitter so somebody cares and you know he and i had an exchange back and forth and i was like let me stop trolling because i never feel the need to comment right, but for right, whatever right. reason i was a little riled up like just because it's like saying i don't care about hockey so change the channel guess what i don't care about hockey but somebody does yeah, that's true somebody cares about hockey just like. Somebody cares about the Met Ball that's Mm -hmm. happening. Right. Personally. Okay. This is a complete side note. Monday night, the Met Ball is happening. And there are all these photos of these celebrities dressed in a theme. And Rihanna looks crazy. She looks like uh, something. I can't even explain it. Just go, go Google or follow the hashtag Met Ball and you'll see everything I'm talking about. So in any event, jumping right back into Dale Jr. and his retirement, there were so many questions that came up. I posed a question on Twitter, who should drive the number 88? And of course, everybody has an opinion, but it seems that most people agree it should be Alex Bowman. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Ray? Well,
1: I was already thinking that Alex Bowman would be the guy that I would like to see get in that 88. He's driven for Dale before, especially going back to last year when Dale was out with a concussion, as you know. We've had an opportunity to sit and talk with Alex Bowman and pick his brain a little bit. And I think just from the interview that we did with Alex uh, Tam, I totally got a sense that this kid would want nothing more than to have an opportunity to get into that car and drive for Dale and all he needs and all he wants is that opportunity. Cause uh, make no mistake, this kid can drive and it's amazing how young he is. And it's amazing how talented he is. And we talked about it, Tam, on several occasions, just this kid is going to be a star. And we both agreed with that. Uh, and I still in an agreement that this kid is going to be a star. He, he just needs a car. And this is a perfect opportunity for Alex Bowman to slide right on in and kind of like go right into with these other young drivers that are just coming in, like Eric Jones, like Daniel Suarez, like Ryan Blaney, like a lot of these other guys that are driving right now. Alex Bowman is the guy.
0: I believe Alex Bowman is the guy, but the Twitter trolls, (laughs) NASCAR fans, Mm -hmm. some people are saying it's going to be Carl Edwards, which that is not going to happen. There are other people saying it's going to be Kyle Larson. There's been conversation about Greg Biffle. There's been numerous people pushing for William Byron. I don't see any of that happening. I believe that is going to be somebody young. Now, what I don't quite understand is why they haven't made the announcement, which leaves me to think something else is going on. Like perhaps Casey Kane time is up. And I know in my heart that Alex Bowman is going to be in a Hendrick car But I feel like the question is, is he going to be in the 88 or the number five? Right. And then what we don't know, maybe Jimmy is contemplating retirement if he wins his eight. So now we'll have three cars available. Hmm. Now, I could be wrong because this is all speculation. This is just me and my little brain working. But I think there's a possibility next year there's going to be the number five as well as the number 88 available, if not the 5, the 88, and the 48. Yeah. Now that's going a little bit far, but think about it. If Jimmy actually gets that 8th championship, what is the point of him racing again?
1: Yeah, because then you start thinking about, well, what does this cat have left to prove? What are their stats does he need to chase? You know, what are their goals does he need to meet? And at that point, you're at the top of the food chain. I mean, literally, you know? So, I mean, he could literally you know, right off into the sunset on top. And it doesn't matter what sport it is, what athlete wouldn't love to do that, you know? Well,
0: Jimmy's underrated, just in general. Totally. When you think about it, it's just like Serena Williams. Nobody really gives them props about the fact of how many championships they've won. Mm -hmm. There's nobody else who has done what Jimmy's done. You think about Michael Jordan, the greatest of all time, the GOAT, the GOAT. He has six rings. Jimmy has seven championships. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's a bit underrated to me for yeah. him not to be acknowledged.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Going back to what you were talking about just a, a few minutes ago about, you know, some people were saying it could be uh, this person. Somebody said it could be that person. Now, I'll be honest with you because we, we've we mentioned this before, Tam. I would love to see Greg Biffle come back. I would love to see Carl Edwards come back and get in a race car. But it definitely, and I'm in agreement with you. I'm in agreement with you that it's it's not going to be for the '88. I would lo- as much as I would love to see both of those guys back on the track. But it's uh, one of those things where everybody has the right to an opinion. But I just cannot see an an older driver coming back to drive for
0: Bingo. You bingo, know what I'm bingo. saying? It, it yeah.
1: has to be a younger. Driver, it has to be. You know, the clip Boyer and smoke thing—that's a completely different issue. There. What we're talking about here is an older driver retiring. There's nothing better than to have a talented young driver take over that eighty-eight car and then let the let all the other things just fall into place as they are.
0: That's the way it has to be. Mm-hmm. It's no ifs ands and buts about it. It has to be a younger driver who is now establishing himself. That is going to take on the legacy of driving the 88. Mm-hmm. Or the 88 has to be semi retired, like what they did with the number three. Oh, yeah. And it didn't come back, you know, until all those years. And then Austin Dillon got in the number three, because rightfully so, his grandfather owned the number three, but nobody was in the three for all those years. That would be my suggestion. Right. But again, I just find it interesting that. There's no announcement and there's all this speculation. Like we knew that Chase Elliott was getting behind the wheel of the number 24. We are clueless and can only speculate what's going to happen with the 88. Right. So I think as the season unwinds, something will happen. It's just interesting that no announcement has happened at this point. And again, it's because I think that the number five is done at Hendrick as well. That's my thought. But again, who am I? I'm just a NASCAR fan.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, when it, what it all comes down to, and what it all boils down to, Tam, at the end of the day is uh, this really is going to be a hit to NASCAR, you know, with, with Dale Jr. retiring. It's just a, just one of those things where it's like, I mean, you're talking about the face of NASCAR an ambassador to NASCAR. It's, that's a tough one to swallow. When that, when that came out, I think we both were just kind of like jaws hitting the floor. I certainly didn't see that coming at all. And and remember, we had been talking about Danica's retirement. I had no clue that that was going to happen, probably nor did a whole lot of other people. But if you would have asked me a week ago if I thought Danica or Dale Jr. was going to retire first, I would have completely said Danica Patrick would have retired first.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you, Renee. I knew it was coming. We all know Dale was going to retire. I just kind of thought he was going to last another year or two so who knows but one thing i will say dale has been extra mouthy lately Yeah, and is. we talk about it each week how he's just a social butterfly he likes to talk and tweet and jump in and he does his periscope after each race but apparently tj and amy and everybody around him after richmond told him that he was being mouthy And so he talked about it on Periscope and he said, well, I guess I was a little mouthy. He just kind of came within his own. He was, we hardly ever see Dale mad, but Dale was like.
1: He seemed irritated.
0: Irritated is a better word. He was just Mm -hmm. like, what? We don't know the words that were exchanged between him and Jimmy, but it looked a little intense the way he was talking to Jimmy. About the accident. Yeah. Jimmy immediately apologized, but it definitely came across like, okay, side note, this is just my own observation. With Dale, Dale is very fidgety. He always takes off his hat. He scratches his hair, his head. He touches his neck. Like If you ever watch Dale talk, sometimes he's just fidgety. Now, he was very calm, cool, and collective when he did his press conference for his retirement, but- After the race on his periscope and just even when he was talking to Jimmy, he has one hand on his hip, the other hand up in the air with his hat in his hand, and then he's scratching his head. He's just busy. So it was interesting to watch him talk to Jimmy because we know it's always going to be love between him and Jimmy. Totally. But I was like, what if they weren't teammates? Would Dale really be mad?
1: <laughs> you know, I think if they weren't teammates, yeah, they would. I think they would have been uh, probably more upset at each other. But I think that was just one of those things where you got two teammates just happen to have an unfortunate thing like that happen. And for a moment, just kind of like, what are you doing? What were you doing? you Is that making sense? And <laughs> yeah, and then just well, went, wait a minute. We're teammates. My bad. You know, <laughs>
0: Did you see the tweet where this guy trolled Jimmy Johnson and Jimmy was like, he said something to the effect like Jimmy needs glasses. And (laughs) Jimmy jumped back at him and and asked him about whether or not he was an expert. Like, it's interesting when you see superstars and athletes join in with the trolls and comment. Now, who's really good at the clapback, as we call it, is Jamil Hill from ESPN. She stay in Twitter beefs because she likes to clap back. Yeah, she does. Yeah, I've always taken the approach of just ignore or block. I'm more of a skip Bayless. I don't want to follow you, and I'm not gonna read your nasty tweet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding.
0: But yeah, Jamil claps back. So Jimmy clapped back at the Twitter troll. Very (laughs) interesting. What else do we have to talk about? Well,
1: uh, Brian France had a um, an impromptu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had an impromptu, uh, I guess, what do you call that? Uh, press uh, conference. A press conference. Yeah, he had an imp- uh, Brian France had an impromptu uh, press conference uh, right before the Richmond race. And, and basically, I don't know if anybody read this article or not, or knew about it. And this was nothing but to acknowledge Dale Jr.'s retirement, pretty much in a nutshell. And he was just trying to let everybody know, just coming from him so that everybody knew that he did care. And that, you know, he he did think about, uh, you know, Dale Jr. retiring and and what this was going to mean to the sport of NASCAR in general. He basically just talked about, you know, how important it was that the rest of NASCAR take into consideration of what this means, Dale Jr. retiring. Because like we've always said and like I've always said, you know, Dale Jr. being the face of NASCAR, being an ambassador to NASCAR. This is a, a major, major thing. And with Dale Jr. retiring and all these other drivers kind of up there around Dale Jr.'s age and maybe possibly retiring, it was like what we were talking about with Jimmy Johnson, uh, maybe even possibly Danica Patrick, and who knows who else might be considering retiring. We we don't know. I mean, <laughs> everybody just seems to be just up and retiring. Look, I mean, look at Carl Edwards. He just came out of the blue and was just like, you know what, I'm done. You know, so with all of these drivers you know, uh, and older drivers, I should say retiring. He also talked about the changing of the guard in this sport. And we've talked about this many a times, Tim, we've talked about this many a times on, uh, some of the latter episodes that we've done about how the changing of the guard is coming. I mean, with all these young drivers, even with Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Daniel Suarez, Eric Jones, I mean, it, you know, all of, all of these, these young drivers coming in And not just coming in and just driving, but they're doing well. They're doing fantastic. Kyle Larson, you know, finally won his first race. Chase Elliott looking for his first one. I mean, but they're good drivers, Tam. They are. It's not like they're just behind the wheel, just driving. They're
0: really good. Kyle Larson said that he was the last true racer because he'll race anytime in any series in anything. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he's most excellent. Now, what's interesting is all that, that chatter about him going to Hendrick. Boy, if that happened, wow. it would be over. I know we're, we've changed conversations, but it's something I thought about and it kind of floated just for a hot second. Bubba Wallace at Hendrick.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Bubba's not ready to be in cup yet, but who else is ready? Now, if we could get Bubba over to Hendrick. Wow. Oh, Boy, the marketing, the marketing alone, because see, here's the thing, too. Let's just keep it real. Hendrick is no dummy. He's going to put somebody in that number 88 and that five when it becomes available. That is a marketing machine, somebody that you can like at the end of the day, you need sponsorship. And there are just some drivers that they don't have the personalities to handle the big bucks of sponsorship, if that makes sense.
1: Right. No. I and agree. no
0: disrespect, but certain you have to have a certain bravado to work with certain brands. Like Clint, when Clint was Mr. 5-Hour Energy, he was perfect for 5-Hour Energy. Right. Even though he wasn't winning, he was Mr. 5-Hour Energy. So yeah. now you have to think about all of the sponsors from Mountain Dew to Valvoline to Nationwide I don't know how that's going to play out when Dell leaves, but who has a big personality that can fill those sponsorship shoots?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question because I couldn't even tell you right off the top of my head.
0: Yeah, you got great drivers, but who can get behind and really sell the product of well, the sponsor? And
1: you know what? That, that, that was another thing, Tam, uh, that Brian France also alluded to during his press conference is that these younger drivers... Somebody needs to come with the attitude. You know, he talks about attitude and, uh, not attitude in a, in a, a negative way. I mean, an attitude in a positive way, like Dale Jr. hit, you know, has and, uh, you know, some of these other, other drivers that we we're known to have uh, attitude, like bring some fire, not entertainment in a way of like just you know entertainment but just uh you know
0: personality
1: personality there you go tam that's the word i was looking for yeah Roots and of let's just be real
0: there are some drivers who don't have personalities i was reading all these tweets and and i think i'm gonna use it as my fan comment of the week but nascar fans are struggling right now they don't know who to root for you, <laughs> you know your favorite driver tony stewart left. Yeah. They didn't know who to root for. Right. Clint was a great replacement for Tony because he has a lot of Tony's it factor.
1: Right. He sure does. But
0: he's not Tony. And the ladies love Tony. The ladies don't necessarily love Clint. You get, Yeah, you know, totally the, agree. So, so you have to take all that into consideration. You have to drive and drive and win. But you also have to look at if you're not driving and winning like that, then you need to have a winning personality to right. keep things going. Yeah. There was an article on USA com. The title of the article was, Without Dell Jr., Will Earnhardt Fan's Loyalty Extend to Nephew Jeffrey, as in Jeffrey Earnhardt? Mm. And remember at the top of the show, I mentioned what place Jeffrey Earnhardt came in, which was 35. Right. Even when Dale wasn't winning, Dale had something that made his dad's fans want to root for him. Now, granted, a lot, you know, at the beginning, some of his fan base was his dad's fan base. But over the years, they've come to love Dale for Dale. Has nothing to do with his dad. Yeah. Jeffrey is the nephew, he is Carrie's son. I don't feel as if, and I could be wrong, but I don't feel as if fans connect to Carrie the way they connect to Dale. Right. And the craziness is Carrie looked exactly like Dale Sr. It's almost scary how much he looks like him. (laughs) He is his father's child, but he's not junior. No. Even though he's older than junior, which is a whole nother conversation. I wonder how does that happen? Like when you name, and this is not the first time I've seen this done, but a father will name his third kid Junior and not his first or second son. Yeah, Interesting. But yeah, my answer to the question about will Dale Jr.'s fans extend to his nephew Jeffrey is no. We yeah. took a poll on Twitter and it's just freshly posted. But as it is today, at this very moment, 63% of the people voted also said no. The options were yes, no, and it is over. 23% of the people said it's over, and 14% said yes. So most people are basically saying that it is a wrap for Junior Nation. The Earnhardt Nation is not going to extend to Jeffrey Earnhardt. Wow, that is amazing. What do you think, Renee? I kind of
1: believe that maybe some really true, 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 true Earnhardt fans might give him a shot at the beginning. But if they don't see anything remotely of what senior or junior has brought to the table, they're going to jump ship and then that thing is completely done. But I would imagine that some true Earnhardt, uh, fans, whether it be senior or junior, are going to try to give him a chance. And, um, and I mean, a very short leash of a chance, uh, because if they don't see, uh, you know, nephew trying to do anything remotely close to what the other two senior and junior have done, yeah, that ship is going to sink.
0: Well, it goes back to what I said earlier, It's personality. I don't see any personality from him. Now, granted, I don't know much about this young guy, but it doesn't seem like it. No. Like, we see personality from Ryan Blaney. We see personality from Bubba Wallace. We see personality from some of these younger guys, even with Austin Dillon, Austin Dillon has a swag as we've talked about. He has an attitude. He has a I'm the man thing going on. Yeah. So with a lot of these younger drivers, you see something, some kind of it thing. I don't see that with Jeffrey. It's like Cole Witt. Like I've, you know, spent a lot of time around Cole Witt. Cole Witt is the sweetest redhead ginger guy (laughs) you'll ever meet. He's a sweet kid. He he's quiet.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Most people don't really
1: Connect with it, that.
0: You, I'll tell you. Let's put it in perspective. Let's talk basketball. Nobody likes the San Antonio Spurs. You know why? Because it's boring and, uh.
1: Yeah, I totally agree.
0: But we, we like Blake Griffin. Yeah, because he jumps and leaps over cars.
1: Yep, he's you know, got there. nasty dunks. He he yeah. does all kinds of crazy stuff. I think you're right, Tam. I think people just kind of like tend to navigate towards. Athletes who br- bring something to the table as far as attitude is concerned, and is basically what you're talking about. I mean, I think LeBron James is one of those type of uh, individuals, you know. And then I think NASCAR, I think NASCAR drivers need to have uh, these younger NASCAR drivers need to bring something to, to the table when it comes
0: to attitude. Renee, winning cures everything most of the time, so it's like you can't be a driver that's not winning and doesn't have a personality. Like, come on, Got to make some money. You can only make that money with personality and if you're winning. It's just my thought. Yeah. One thing I was going to say we we talked about fans earlier and just fans being fickle. Did you see the stands at Richmond? Kind of empty.
1: Yes, it was. And now this was really shocking to me because I figured with Dale Junior's announcement of, of of him retiring, that I was under the impression that now every track would be packed to see Dale Jr. on his way out. That is what was so surprising to me, that I looked up into those stands and saw hardly anybody there.
0: Well, what I was disappointed at, to be honest, I felt that there was no fanfare. Like, well, I, well, I guess we have raced twice at Richmond, so maybe they'll do something the second race. But I just expected there to be more tributes to Dale And you're right there. I thought that there would be more people in the stands as well. I believe now the stands hold 60,000 people because at one point, 10 years ago, I believe they held like 112,000 people and then they reduced the seating to 60,000. But the estimates were that it was only 30,000 people there.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: I personally have no desire to go to Richmond, but... That's just me. I will be in Talladega next week. I do have a desire to be in Dega. And hopefully Talladega will be packed. Hopefully Dale will win. Who knows? But I just found that interesting. And, you know, I love to use that word interesting. I'm going to come up with a new word. There you go. Next week. Not this (laughs) week, though. Okay. It is time for what? Our fan comment of of the week. So this fan comment was posed as a question on NASCAR Reddit board. Yes, I'm back on the Reddit board. I love reading your thoughts. I love hearing and, well, not hearing, because I guess you can't hear the internet. Well, technically you can hear the internet, but I'm reading the comments. So I love reading the comments on NASCAR Reddit board. This question comment was simple. It says, I've been a Dell Jr. fan for 17 years since I was 11, his rookie year. And I have absolutely zero intentions to stop watching NASCAR. And then he goes on to say, in fact, I've become a big fan of Truex Jr., Larson, and Alex Bowman over the last few years. And I am more excited than ever for the future. He goes on to say, I was fortunate to watch Jr.'s entire career, and I support his decision. It makes me sad but happy for him at the same time. I just wanted to post amid all the NASCAR is going to take a huge hit with Junior's retirement comments. This gives me a chance to let go and shift my full support to my other favorite drivers. I hope to see him stick around the track and maybe have his own cup team in the future. That was a long comment, but I felt that I was going to do it a disservice if I didn't read everything. Right. And many people chimed in. And they had a lot to say. I Me, mean, one guy says, since Jeff retired, I've been watching fewer races. I think it's because I'm having trouble choosing a new driver to support. I like Larson and I like Elliot, but I don't know if they're my favorite drivers. And this is to a point that I brought up earlier. Who do you go to after this? I mean, I was a huge Tony Story fan. And I can tell you, although I love racing and I love other drivers, I don't know Who's my Tony replacement? Yeah, I haven't made that decision yet. Let's see. Somebody writes, "Just do what my mom did. She was a Carl Edwards fan, and when he retired, she was looking for a new driver, preferably a young gun. So she just picked who she thought was the cutest one. She's a Blaney <laughs> fan now. <laughs> well, well hey, that's one. I way. guess
1: you could do it that way if you're a female.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I'm surprised she says she's a Carl Edwards and not a Tony Stewart fan. There are a lot of comments where people confuse. And speaking of female, I found a comment just randomly that somebody writes, Thanks for bringing this up. As a female myself, when anyone finds out I'm a NASCAR fan, they automatically ask me if Danica is my favorite driver. Drives me crazy because I can't stand Danica. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me this is a perfect time to add our disclaimer. We're not Danica fans.
1: No, we're not Danica haters. We're just not Danica fans.
0: Oh, I done said it wrong. Okay. Renee put me in check. There you go. <laughs> okay. I'm going to leave that one at that. Yeah. Do not ever ask me if Danica is my favorite driver. That's right. And don't assume because, no, I'm going to leave it at that. Cause exactly. I'm, I'm going to say go. something that I shouldn't be saying.
1: Right. And
0: Well, that's it. You know, I can go on. But most of these comments... And it's a ton of comments where people are just in a state of confusion about figuring out who they should root for.
1: Yeah. So
0: and, it's a big you thing know, when you,
1: when you when you don't know who to root for, it's like, I mean, I can imagine that all of those football fans, when the Browns left Cleveland. I mean they had no football team. Who are they going to root for? It's hard. It's hard when you when you you have a favorite sports team, sports driver, sports player they retire and then you're like who do I root for? And it's 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 a tough thing especially in NASCAR. You just don't go from driver to driver, you know, that's just not the way it works. And um I mean Jimmy Johnson is my favorite driver and when he retires when he decides to retire I mean, I kind of got an idea of maybe who I would like to root for, but they still wouldn't come off to me as my favorite, favorite driver. Like, I always like seeing Jimmy, you know, on the racetrack. So it's it's a big thing for NASCAR fans.
0: I'm going to end our comments on this last comment that Creamed underscore crap wrote. I'm not going to read it all because it's actually pretty lengthy, but he writes or she writes, I feel like junior leaving is going to probably be the nail in the coffin for fans like myself. I'm not a casual, like you put it, been a hardcore fan since the early 90s and have brought gear and even traveled long distances and spent tons of money to attend races. However, as a fan who has felt my devotion being chipped away by years of lousy direction by NASCAR, a move from sports to sports entertainment, manufactured drama, lousy TV broadcast packages, etc. I found myself drifting away for years to the point when Junior went out midseason last year and I kept watching races but slowly realized I wasn't interested anymore. Junior was the final tether keeping me anchored to the sport. With him gone, I feel zero emotional investment in it anymore. That's somebody That's chimed in. And, That's yeah, powerful. I mean, and he goes on, but somebody chimes in and says, "Corporate NASCAR doesn't realize what they have done to alienate the fans." You expressed this so well. Yeah. I mean, I'll well, leave it at that. I don't even think we need to add any more. No,
1: enough said.
0: <laughs> this is one fan's comment.
1: Yeah.
0: I love the sport. I can't say that you know when Junior's done, I'm done. But it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. Yeah. Okay, well, Renee, it is time for your favorite part of the show.
1: And that would be predictions.
0: It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Renee, who you got?
1: All right, so predictions it is. We are in Talladega, folks. The big Talladega. Now, I wanted to go with somebody who I thought, okay, who's hot right now? And, And I started thinking of some drivers, and I was thinking... Who's just itching for a win? And Talladega is just one of those tracks to where it's anybody's game, right? It, it, even if you're hot or even if you're just right there on the cusp. And I know there's been a big thing, uh, maybe not a big thing, but I know that there's been a, a small thing going around with the, you know, it, one of these JGR drivers finally going to win a race. And I think it's going to happen in Talladega. And I believe that it's going to be Kyle Busch. And I thought he raced really well on sunday i really really did uh and he could have won that race and even though he had the penalty blah 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 blah. i just thought overall he did have a good race and and he put himself in a position where he probably could have won that race but just things happen and it didn't work out but i think it's going to work out in talladega i'm kind of feeling this guy's energy a little bit and i think he's finally going to put jgr in the winner's circle and uh and kyle bush is my winner And my dark horse, believe it or not, I'm going with Jimmy Johnson. I think Jimmy Johnson is still kind of riding a little bit of a hot streak, even though he didn't do as well last Sunday uh, in Richmond. But he did pretty decent, even though Dale Jr. kind of ruined his car a little bit. But I'm picking Jimmy Johnson as my dark horse. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, more like Jimmy ruined Dale's car. Well,
1: yeah, uh, or vice versa. Yes, you're right.
0: Okay. Before I give you my predictions, you know the drill. I give you the past 10 winners at the track we typically race twice at talladega each season we race in may and in october so i am going to give you the past 10 for the october races 2016 it was brad keselowski 2015 dale jr 2014 denny hamlin 2013 david reagan 2012 we had looks like brad keselowski In 2011, we had Jimmy Johnson, Mr. Seven 2010, Kevin Harvick. 2009, Brad again. 2008, we had that guy Bush, as in Kyle Bush. 2007, we had Jeff Gordon. As you guys know, I always like to give you the trends along with the past 10 winners at the track. So what I saw when I was looking at the history and the stats I saw that Junior is actually a six-time winner in the Cup Series at Talladega. And in fact, there is a commercial with Junior talking about him and his dad dominating at Talladega right on time, right before Talladega. So that's something to make note of, Junior being a six-time winner. And his first win at Dega in the Cup Series came in 2001, and his last win came in 2015. What is notable is that he went 11 years in between wins. He won five races in a row between 2001 and 2004. But before he won in 2015, his last race or last win at Dega was in 2004. So that is a very interesting stat. Brad Kozlowski is also a four-time winner at Dega. Because like I said, I, well, I mentioned three. So in the last 10 years, he's had at least three wins at Dega. And actually, maybe I made a mistake. But yeah, okay. I'll correct it next week if I made a mistake. And then Clint Boyer, he actually won a couple of races at Dega. He won in 2010 and he won in 2011, both uh in the October races at Dega. So that's pretty cool to know. So my pick for this week, I'm going to go with Junior as my pick to win. I just feel like Junior owes it to himself, not to the fans, but to himself mm-hmm. to kind of erase some of this bad luck on the heels of him announcing his retirement. Right. And I mentioned Clint Boyer for a reason, because I think I'm going to go with Clint Boyer as my dark horse. I feel like I should be going with Kyle Bush. But I just think that Junior is a plate racer. I definitely want to pick him to win. And I think Clint can handle himself at Daga.
1: I think you're right. I mean, yeah. we're talking about 2010, That's not really not that long ago, if you think about it. You know, I mean, yeah. so it, it's possible that Clint Boyer could do it. Th- those are our predictions, guys. And well, I did uh, have
0: one more thing to say. Yeah, absolutely. I do feel like Brad Kozlowski should be my second dark horse. Okay, there you have it.
1: (laughs) Brad Kozlowski, you know what? And I kept thinking to myself, should I pick Brad as my dark horse? Because I was thinking to myself, Brad's kind of like on that verge of winning his third race of the season already. And, uh, And I kept thinking to myself. I think Brad might be able to do this dark, but I'm going with Jimmy Johnson. I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm sticking with it. That's just the way it's going to (laughs) be. Those are our our predictions, guys. If you guys have predictions, please let us know who your prediction is. Tell us who you think is going to win this week. It doesn't have to necessarily be the drivers that we pick. But give us your thoughts. Give us your opinions about anything about what we talked about on the show. If you have uh, any opinion as far as Dale Jr.'s retirement and other things that we talked about, please let us know. Hit us up on our social media. You can find us on Twitter, at TurnsNoBreaks. That's at TurnsNoBreaks. You can hit us up on our Instagram as well. And you can also hit us up on our Facebook. Please subscribe to our podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a comment that really does help, doesn't it, Tam?
0: It does.
1: And as far as everything else is concerned, ladies and gentlemen, we certainly do appreciate you guys listening each and every week. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening to us, and we will see you again next week after Talladega. Be kind to each other for Tam, for myself. Thank you so much for listening, and goodbye.
0: Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee.